On this week's show, we're covering the Empire State Building in New York City, and in just five weeks, we'll be down at Orlando visiting the wizarding world of Harry Potter and Universal Studios. Stay tuned to the podcast feed, or you can follow us live at Twitter as we're there in the parks, tweeting all of our live stuff. What's up, everybody, and welcome to These Amazing Places podcast. This is show number 122 for the week of Monday, August 23rd, 2010. This is Adam, and here's Doug. This week, everybody, we're going to be back in New York City, and in New York City, we're going to be at the Empire State Building. Um, we're actually going to take you to the 102nd floor, the tallest point of the Empire State Building, and uh, tell you some stories, give you some information on what it costs to do that. Uh, some other information about the building itself, uh, some neat stories that happened to us uh, along the way that even got us into the building. Uh, There's some interesting stuff that happened there. Uh, anyway, uh, so we'll go through all that, and uh, this week we will not have an audio clip that goes along with this, but we do. Have, we will have several videos uh, taken straight from the 102nd floor, uh, high-definition video. You can climb onto our Flickr account, and you can see them there. Okay, and at the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about our plans for the summer. Well, actually, the end of the summer, so I guess it'd be early fall. Yeah. But All right, so sit back and enjoy. seen our latest pictures at Flickr? Well, you can. Just go to our website, click on the Photos tab, and it'll take you from there. As we announce every week, there are other places you can follow us as well. Twitter is twitter.com slash amazingplaces. Flickr, we said. We have a YouTube account. And you can email us, podcast at theseamazingplaces.com. Alrighty then. So again, Doug, you went to New York again yes, recently. What, what's it been, like three weeks ago or something? Uh, I think it was about that long. Yeah. yeah. And so we've got some, uh, you know, I'll just do my generic. Here well, I actually, am. I think and what we're going to do is kind of like what we always do. If I've been to some place yeah. and, uh, and Adam hasn't, then we try, like Adam will try to go into it blind as somebody else would. Mm -hmm. And so then, you, you know, you come up with a lot of uh, questions that we may not think of if we've been, been both been there. And so okay. kind of coming at it from the novice point is good. So okay. we try to do this as often as possible. All so, right. So start with your our frequently asked questions, gonna, which we start always start with. Basically, so. And so, you know what? The biggest thing is cost. And so let me run down through these. Admission prices at the building are this ESB, which is an express pass. What this does, and you'll notice if you go there, and most people go on the weekends to the city, the lines getting into the Empire State Building are incredible. You're talking hour, hour and a half, two hours just to get in. They're actually, and I'll just read through this. Uh, let me just go through the prices. I'll read through this. It'll explain everything to you, uh, what Express Pass is, what a regular ticket for an adult, child, stuff like that are. So we'll just go through it like this. Uh, let's see. 102nd floor observatory tickets are only sold upon arrival at the Empire State Building at a cost of $15 in addition to regular admission tickets. Regular admission ticket 
is $18.45 plus $1.55 in tax. Now, so now you have $18.45 for that, $15 if you want to go past the 86th floor and you want to go to the 102nd. Uh, that's going to be the video that you see. So now if you want to not wait in line for two, three hours, which can eat up time that you have in the city, that's going to cost you an additional $41.52. We're talking probably close to $80 a person just to get into the building and try to do it quickly and get to the 101st floor. Uh, let me go on. For, is that for adult? or That are is there, for an adult. So there's children. Yeah, children then are cheaper. 12, 6 to 12 uh, are 12 to 12 plus a dollar eight in tax seniors which are 62 plus 62 and over are 1661 plus a dollar 39 in tax uh you can also do an audio tour uh oh which costs an additional 77 dollars and 38 cents uh let's see here next military personnel are admitted free when in full uniform okay and toddlers five or younger are admitted free when accompanied by an adult ticket holder okay so that kind of gets you through that if you are interested you can actually buy your tickets online or if you have a group there's a number here that says information on group rates can be obtained by faxing a request to the group sales office at 212-947-1360 or by visiting the observatory ticket office on the second floor of the building i'm telling you anything that you can do over the phone before you get in the city do it don't wait and just go to the office there because you're going to be in a line. Okay, question for you. So if you buy it online, that doesn't bypass you of the line to get in line, right? I mean, you yeah, still... You, can, you if, could even buy the Express Pass and everything online. Say you don't... Uh, say, um, say for my instance, I don't, I don't want to buy the Express, but I want to buy it online before I get there. Do I still have to wait to get in the elevator to go yep. up? Okay. Well, now if you buy the Express... I, no, I'm not buying well, the Express. Okay, you just want to so. get the standard I just ticket, wanna, adult Because I don't want to pay that much. Mm -hmm. And that takes you to the yeah, 86th floor. So I still got to stand in line. Right. Okay. So, and I imagine the You'll people... you stand in line. You won't stand in the ticket line, but yes. Okay. You stand in the line that gets you into the building, and then you get into a... Oh, let me just go into this, because well, they go through the line. I want to say this, because I feel like there's a line for tickets, and then there's a line to get in the building. Yeah, there is. And so... And then there's a line to get so onto if, the elevator. Right. So if you don't even buy your tickets before you get there, even if you... Even if you want to buy the Express, you're already waiting in line. Yes. Okay. And you're going to be there forever. That makes so. sense. Okay. So I'm, go going to, I'm going to go through their explanations of each thing. The Empire State Building Express Pass. The lines at the Empire State Building Observatory are as legendary as the building itself. The line actually consists of, like we just explained, three different lines. The first one is the security line that everyone must go through. Next comes the ticket line. Visitors must with visitors with pre-purchased tickets can skip this line, uh -huh. which can save a considerable considerable amount yeah. of time. I do during that. Our busiest I time. definitely do that. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. I don't even if you go into uh, Rockefeller Center. I think we probably discussed this when we did the Rocks uh, show. Uh, buy your tickets online. Don't don't go into the city and buy them there. Uh -huh. There's people out on the street too that'll try to sell you tickets. And, yeah. No. So anyway, okay. uh, the third and last line is for the elevators that take you to. Uh, to the observatory. Now remember that you cannot buy, as I said in the beginning, the 102nd floor tickets online. You have to buy them when you get there. But the line, from what I saw, the line wasn't that bad. I'll explain to you here in a little bit. Okay. Everybody listening. Adam yeah, you guys here. got special treatment. So. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Okay, while we have been told that anything uh, this good is worth the wait, we also have uh, heard laments that some people missed out on being able to visit the Empire State Building Observatory because they just didn't have enough time to see and do everything while in New York City. 
Now you can, by purchasing an Express Pass, you will automatically be moved to the front of each and every line. That is $41, everybody. $41, almost $42. Per adult. For yeah. one adult. Yeah. Now, it, it's great. I mean, if you if you want to save the time, then great. Uh, anyway, and it goes into some other stuff there. Now, the uh, ESB, uh, Empire State Building Observatory, audio tour, which is $7.38 plus tax. Uh, the high point, they say no pun intended, of every visit to the observatory is, of course, a spectacular 360-degree view of the Big Apple. I'm going to stop right there and tell you that when you go out to the observatory and you're there on a busy day, good luck with the view. Oh. If you're Adam's height, hey. good luck. You might be able to see over everybody. Uh -huh. But when you come out onto that floor, the 86th floor, and you get out of the elevator, you're going to see people. It looks like a mosh pit uh -huh. of people stuck. And it's outdoors, so it's hot. Yeah. And so you're stuck in a mosque pit of people trying to see uh, see down or out and around the building. And it's so, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it doesn't look comfortable. Uh -huh. I'll tell you in a little bit why I never went. <laughs> I never stayed on the 86th floor. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to make that experience even more exciting and rewarding with an audio tour and corresponding signage so that visitors will know exactly what they're seeing from every vantage point on the observation deck. Do I think that it's worth the money? $7.32? No. Okay. <laughs> That's my opinion. And if somebody else has already done it and you think that the audio narration was great, email us at <laughs> podcast.theseamazingplaces.com and tell me why it was good. Did so, you hear it? Uh, I've listened to portions of it that okay. people have posted online. Okay. And it's so, great and all that, but yeah, it's okay. more money. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll give it. Narrating the tour is Tony, a fictional but nonetheless authentic native new yorker born 50 years ago in chelsea an area of manhattan not yet the hot trendy neighborhood it is today the tour is written from tony's point of view and is filled with his colorful amusing and informative observations about his city and his favorite building uh, to complement the audio tour and enable visitors to have a better close-up view better close-up views of what tony is describing we have installed more powerful binoculars on the outside deck of the observatory but hey great Good luck getting to those. On the same level that on the, the mosh pit is on. Yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah. Okay, uh, let's see here. Tickets for the available, uh, the audio tour are available at the ticket office located on the second floor of the building. So um, probably you can only buy those while you're there too. So, okay. hey, get in line. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. Before I go into it, I'm just going to tell you, here's what happened to us. We and my group, uh, there were actually five of us total. One person chose not to go up. There were six of us total. Uh, but one person chose not to go up in our party because they were freaked out by elevators. And even though you're only on there a couple minutes total, if that, well, they just didn't want to do it. Some and people, so, that's fine. Right. And so that was great. It was better than them having a miserable time. We obtained a card. And look it up online, everybody. Uh, I did not take a picture of it. I just didn't feel like it was right. But there are pictures of it. There are YouTube videos of it. It was called a VIP Executive Pass. It came from somebody who works for a man named Douglas Durst. And he is the landlord of the Empire State Building, uh, Bank One. Is that it? Yeah, Bank One building and uh, the new Freedom Tower. Or I'm, I, it'll describe later in our notes as far as what it's called. He's a majority uh, owner in that. So anyway, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff, history behind why he does these. Uh, he had a, a brother who who's done horrendous things. And if you want to look it up, look up Stephen Durst, and then uh, that's his brother's name, Douglas Durst, is the guy who, who has people that work with his company hand out these cards. And basically they hand them out to groups of people, a lot of times families, 
when they know it's going to be very expensive for them to get into the building and they want them to go and experience it. When we walked in with this pass, even though there were two and a half hours of lines in front of us, uh, they took us straight into the building. They took us on their own private elevator. They did. It was honestly like being treated like a celebrity. And so. Well, it truly is a VP pass. It was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. And mm -hmm. so it took us all the way to the 102nd with the offering even of going up into, there are still a couple floors of uh, offices above that. They made the offer to do that, but I felt like we had already, I don't know. I was kind of uncomfortable with it at the same time. Yeah. I'm not used to being ever treated like that. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that story at that. You all can look up the names. But and I think it'd be important see. to say, I know you probably may not say this, that it is possible for people to get this, yep. but you cannot purchase it. Right. It is only something that is given out Similar, very, very, very similar to something that you might show up at Disney and they give you the Cinderella suite in Disney. It is very similar to that. You just, yep. right place, right time. And there are and you stories. Happen. I mean, yeah. if you Google it, mm -hmm. there are stories of people, a lot of people that have been, been given this pass. And it's good, basically, that pass is good through the remainder of the year that you're in, the calendar year that you're yeah. in. Yeah, so uh, it does so. not expire and you can use it. Right. And if you, live in the, if you live in the city or in Jersey or someplace close, you could go up. Several times. Yeah, you can go up every day. Still use it. Yeah. So, so anyway. Cool. Okay. We're going to head into the Empire State Building. I just thought it was an interesting story to throw in there. Okay. The Empire State Building. It is a 102-story landmark, as I just said. Uh, it's on the intersection of Fifth Avenue and West 34th Street. This is in New York City, Manhattan. Uh, it stood as the world's tallest building for more than 40 years from its completion in 1931. There's some stuff about that that I'm going to read here in a little bit, and I'll stop because I highlighted this. Until the construction of the World Trade Center Tower was completed in 72. Uh, let's see here. It is one of the seven wonders of the modern world. Uh, the Empire State Building is the tallest, third tallest skyscraper in the Americas. After the Willis Tower, Tower which was the Sears Tower in Chicago, and the Trump International Hotel and Tower that was also in Chicago. Uh, it's the 15th tallest in the world at this point. And I think the Burj Dubai, and I do know, I, that was the original name I knew. There's several being called. Hong Kong stuff and If anybody hasn't done it, go on YouTube and look up the Burj Dubai, and there's a video of a guy who comes out the stem, the peak of it, oh. at 165 stories. Wow. And he films. It's honestly, the, it was like being hung off the bottom of an airplane. Yeah. So huh. anyway, okay. I have diverted again. Yeah. All right. This is kind of the part that I think this is the part that I wanted to get into. Excavations. Just listen to the dates. Excavation of the site for the Empire State Building began on January 22nd, 1930. Uh, the project involved 3,400 workers, and mostly of them, most of them were immigrants from Europe. Uh, let's see. According to official accounts, five workers died during the construction. But here's the part that struck me. They cut the ribbon on this building to open it. May 1st, 1931. They started, so basically just a little over a year. It was actually, and it says it later here, a year and 15 days. And wow. they had this building done. 102 stories. Jeez. I was blown away. 3,400 workers. I don't know what it but was like back then. How long has it been that we've been waiting for them to build the Freedom Tower? Uh, 10 that's, years? That's just because of political jargon. Yeah, so. but holy cow. I mean, so somebody really scooted the, they swept the floor yeah. of the political jargon at that time. Somebody had some cash, so. Yeah. All right, the construction was part of an intense competition in New York for the title of the world's tallest building. Two other projects fighting for the title, 40 Wall Street and the Chrysler Building, were still under construction when work began on the Empire State Building. Right, there's your answer. Competition. Right. Hello. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's why it would go that fast. When you think that, that we can compete with ourselves now. Hey, say, I don't know. Let's get the it's, thing done. 
it's uh, I yeah. don't know it's the same reason why that we can be fortunate enough to live in a country with capitalism and we can have choices in prices and why it keeps things the way they yeah, are. Bureaucratic so. red tape. I know, I'm up for 10 years. Just, anyway, well, right, that's not what this show's about. Anyway, yeah, but I just, I really wanted to, I was astonished when I looked at that date and I thought, one year? Yeah. And they don't have any of the technology. I mean, they created, this is not in the notes, but they created the crane that built the building to build this building. They actually came up with it. And what it is is a crane that went up floor by floor by floor, and then they were able to lower it back down with its same machinery yeah. back down to the bottom when they were done. Yeah. That was created to build the building because mm-hmm. there was nothing like it. Because there was no crane that could actually do that right. from the ground. It could go so. that high. Mm-hmm. Plus, it helped them to be able to build much faster. Yeah. Because they built it. Well, right there. If much right. faster it is. Yep. So. Uh, okay. The Empire State Building rises 1,250 feet at the 102nd floor. Uh, let's see here. Okay, the building has 85 stories of commercial and office space. Uh, and let's see here. Okay, it's basically the tower. It's an Art Deco tower, which is a certain type of decorative design that was done pre-World War II. It's capped by a 102nd floor observatory. Uh, that observatory, by the way, is incredible. It is, I may say it here later, but it's actually enclosed where the other observatory is not. So you're up there looking through glass, and you're not in the elements at all. It's air-conditioned. It's yeah. very nice. Cool. Uh, okay, at the top, atop the tower is a 203-foot pinnacle, uh, much as, which is covered by broadcast antennas and a lightning rod. It houses 21,000 employees uh, in the building each day, and it takes less than one, mil- one minute by elevator to get to the 86th floor. The Empire State Building costs $40,948,900 to build. In 1931. Yeah, in 1930. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Today's value would be much higher. Oh, it'd be several billion probably now. So, okay. In 64, 1964, floodlights were added to illuminate the top of the building at night and colors chosen to match the seasonal and other events, such as St. Patrick's Day, Christmas, Independence Day. Uh, Also, uh, at the 80th uh, birthday and subsequent death of Frank Sinatra, they lit it. And they lit it. They bathed it in blue light to represent the singer's nickname, Old Blue Eyes. Uh, after the death of actress Faye Ray, with, who was in King Kong in the 30s, uh, they lit the building up. Uh, oh no, sorry, they didn't. It stood in complete darkness for 15 minutes. Oh. Because if anybody's seen King Kong, King Kong hangs yeah. from the Empire State Building. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Cool information. Uh, okay. Uh, the building's opening coincided with the Great Depression in the United States. Another reason why say. these guys did such a phenomenal job, because it was a job. Um, and as a result, much of its office space went without being rented. The building's vacancy was exasperated by its poor location on 34th Street, and it is in a weird location. Is Even it? now, you see where everything's kind of pulled away from it, uh, which placed it relatively far from public, uh, from public transportation such as the Grand Central Terminal, the Port Authority Bus Terminal, and Penn Station. They're all several blocks away, which they are. Uh, let's see here. Other more successful skyscrapers, such as the Chrysler Building, do not have this problem. In its first year of operation, the observation deck took in approximately, approximately $2 million, as much money as its owners made in rent that year. That's incredible, isn't it? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I know. The lack of renters uh, led New Yorkers to, to deride the building as the empty state building. Uh, the building would not become profitable until 1950. Think about that. So from 1931 to 1950, wow. it didn't make a dime. Uh, I thought that was incredible. 
because we won't take uh-huh. we don't take those kind of chances now. Yeah, it just wouldn't have been built. So sometimes I think look at the icon that it's become, and nowadays it would just wouldn't have been built. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, okay, this is going to go into a little bit more of this and some other things. The building's uh, distinctive Art Deco, which we talked about, Spire, was originally designed, this is cool, to be a mooring mast and depot for dirigibles, which is blimps. Uh, the 102nd floor was originally a landing platform with a dirigible gangplank. Can you imagine walking across this gangplank? Yeah, stories no thanks. Uh-uh. A particular elevator traveling between the 86th and 102nd floors, and you'll take that. Which you, you took. the 102nd yeah. floor, yeah. Um, it was supposed to transport passengers after they checked in at the observation deck on the 86th floor. However, the idea proved to be impractical and dangerous after a few attempts with airships due to the powerful updrafts caused by the size of the building itself. A large broadcast tower was added to the top of the spire in 1953. Um, there's a movie. I, you know what? I cannot remember what it was called, but they actually they made it. In the movie, they made the dirigibles hooking up to the top of the Empire State Building. Captain something. It was kind of like a weird animation type, huh. but it wasn't really animation because you could see like real people in it. Anyway, somebody will know uh, what that movie is. Uh, I think Angelina Jolie was in it. So oh. look, at, look it up on IMDb, and huh. there you go. You'll yeah. see what it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, in 1945, there was a plane crash attend- that crashed into it. I'll just give you the story here because it's crazy. At 9.40 a.m. on Saturday, July 28, 1945, a B-25 Mitchell bomber piloted in thick fog by Lieutenant Colonel William Franklin Smith, Jr. crashed into the north side of the Empire State Building between the 79th and 80th floors. Uh, Let's see. One engine shot through the side opposite the impact and flew as far as the next block where it landed on the roof of a nearby building, starting a fire that destroyed the place that it actually lit up. Uh, The other engine and part of the landing gear plummeted down an elevator shaft. Uh, This resulted in 40 minutes of fire. 14 people were killed in the incident. Elevator operator Betty Lou Oliver. I give these names so you can look them up if you want on on, uh, Google. I I, I do that a lot of times just to see what else became of some of these people. Yeah. Uh, she survived, a, Betty Lou Oliver survived a plunge of 75 stories inside an elevator, which still stands as a Guinness World Record for the longest survived elevator fall recorded. A year later, another air, aircraft had a close encounter with the skyscraper. It narrowly missed and striking the building again. So, well, see, it took them until 1960 to put some lights on the thing, so yeah. at least people would recognize. That's true. So That's true. I don't so know. I, it, maybe it took them a while to do that, even. Well, then again, you said it wasn't until the 50s before they actually had tenants to produce the rent yeah. to do that kind maybe of stuff. So maybe they, yeah, know. maybe they were just like, well, we can't fix the hole in the airplane made, so yeah. I guess we'll just. Uh, Can you imagine if almost wow. 75 stories too in the elevator? Well, you know, you told me that story earlier, but she said you said al- operator, uh, elevator operator. So it makes me think, oh, well, well, maybe she actually had control to slow it down, and that's why she that survived. Interesting. Oof. Okay. So. Uh, anyway, I'm going to jump on to what we talked about. I kept calling it the Freedom Tower. It is now called the World One World Trade Center. That's going to be built with the world well, the Twin Towers were at. Uh-huh. It's currently under construction in New York City. It's expected to exceed the height of the Empire State Building upon completion. It will be 1776 feet uh, tall. Oh, yeah. 1776. Becoming the tallest building in the city, the country, and the Americas. Mm -hmm. That's true. I never thought about it. I read that earlier, and it never struck me. Uh, Okay. This is kind of a a morbid thing, but 
it's part of the history of the building. Over the years, more than 50 people have committed suicide from the top of the building. The fence around the observatory terrace was put up in 1947 after five people tried to, to jump during a three-week span. Somebody just tried to do it not too long ago, again, just within maybe six months. Well, isn't it caged over uh, or not? Yeah, but this, people jump. Like, they jump up onto it. They must practice or they think severely. Huh. They can jump up and grab a hold of the chain link fence and pull themselves right up and over. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, uh, this was, it was kind of a, a bad story, but it, at the same time, it was kind of made weird. So I'm just going to read it. On May 1st, 1947, a 23-year-old Evelyn McHale leapt to her death from the 86th floor observation deck and landed on a United Nations limousine parked at the curb. Photography student Robert Wiles took a photo of McHale's oddly intact corpse a few minutes after her death. Just wait, this is, it's very strange. I'd never ever heard about this. The police found a suicide note among possessions she left on the observation deck. Deck. He is, he is much better off without me. I would make a good wife for anybody. The photo ran. This is what amazed me. The photo ran in the May 12, 1947 edition of Life magazine and is often referred to as the most beautiful suicide. It was later used by visual artist Andy Warhol in one of his paintings entitled Suicide Fallen Body. What? I just couldn't believe it. Wow. Okay. Uh, also, on, let's see, December 2nd, 1979, Elvita Adams jumped. This is the more of the, kind of the crazy side of it. She jumped from the 86th floor only to be blown back onto the 85th floor and left with a broken hip. <laughs> Seriously? So the, the wind blew her back onto the 85th floor. Yeah. Wow. So that one ends it at least, you know, well, life saved. Hmm. was not her time, I guess. I right? got to tell you, though, hearing those stories doesn't make me want to go up there. I mean, yeah. not that I'm going to fall off, but at the well, same time, you're not it's gonna like, jump either, right? yeah, I'm not going to jump, but it's like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little more. <laughs> don't jump, Adam. This is the morbid these yeah, amazing well, places podcast. Of, well, how weird though that yeah. they actually, that Life magazine ran the picture. Well, I don't know. I just I guess I thought in the 40s they wouldn't have done something. Yeah, like when you that. said Andy Warhol though, I yeah, just, but that, he did something with it later. Life well, actually ran the yeah. photo. I I don't know. I just thought it was very. I don't know. Strange. What did they run in the in the war? Because World War II was right after that, or yeah, it was right after. Cow, World do you want to see? I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, do you really want to see somebody's mangled body and think all that? It's just too strange. And I never saw Life magazine as, as like an artsy magazine. Yeah. That would put something like that in. You'd call it the beautiful suicide. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to jump through some more stuff here. The Empire State Building has one of the most popular outdoor observatories in the world, having been visited by over 110 million people, most of which live in New York City. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, the 86th floor uh, observation deck offers impressive 360-degree views. If you can climb over top of everybody to see them. Uh, there's a second observation deck on the 102nd floor, which we've already talked about, that's open to the public. It was closed in 1999, but reopened in November 2005. It is completely enclosed, as I said earlier, and much smaller than the first one. It may be closed on high-traffic days, which it was not when I was there. Uh, tourists may pay to visit the observation deck on the 86th floor and an additional amount to the 106th, uh, 102nd floor, which is what we had described. Uh, okay, this was kind of neat. I didn't know anything about this, and I, now I wish I had of when I went in. But 
The Empire State Building also has a motion simulator attraction located on the second floor, opened in 1994 as a complement to the observation deck. The New York Skyride, or NY Skyride, is, is a simulated aerial tour over the city. The theatrical pr uh, presentation lasts approximately 25 minutes. They did not, got me, did not give me a cost on this. So, okay. uh, Since its opening, the ride has gone through two incarnations. The original version, which ran from 1994 until 2002, featured James Doohan, he's Star Trek Scotty, as the airplane's pilot. He humorously tried to keep the flight under control during a storm, with the tour taking an unexpected route through the subway, Coney Island, and FAO Schwartz, among other places. After September 11th, however, the ride was closed and an updated version debuted uh, in mid-2002 with actor Kevin Bacon as the pilot. The new version of the narration attempted to make the attraction more educational and included some minor post-9-11 patriotic undertones with retrospective footage of the World Trade Center. Uh, the new flight also goes haywire, but this segment is much shorter than the original. So. I wonder if that's IMAX or something like that. I, I can't imagine that they could put something that big. Yeah, I guess that that's building. true in the so second it's floor. It's a small simulator box. Huh. So it must not be... It must not have people. been that great because I haven't heard anybody ever talk about it. So yeah. I was kind of surprised when I saw it. Uh, some quick things here about broadcasting. Broadcasting began at the Empire uh, on December 22, 1931, when RCA began transmitting experimental television broadcasts from uh, a small antenna erected atop the spire. All I could think of was like some little TV antenna. Beep, 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 yeah. pushing stuff out. Yeah. yeah, like I that mean. old symbol back in the... Yeah. And they were like, great, look at it. We yeah. have succeeded. Wait, what What year did you say? 1931. Oh, okay. Right after the building opened, December 22nd. Wow, right so then. It was yeah. actually before the building opened. Because the building didn't open until, what, July? July? No, January 22nd. Is that right? You You said it. they started construction in January. Oh, okay, so no, that would be later. Okay, almost a year later. Yeah. What am I thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then it, basically a lot of television stations, I'm not going to go through that. RCA, NBC, a lot of them had involvements in the tower. Uh, throughout time, uh, but then I found this to be kind of interesting. When the World Trade Center was being constructed, it caused serious problems for the television stations, stations, most of which then moved to the World Trade Center as soon as it was completed. This made it possible to renovate the antenna structure and the transmitter facilities for the benefit of the FM stations re remaining there, which is in the Empire State Building, which were soon joined by other FMs and UHF TVs moving in from elsewhere in the metro metropolitan area. This is the, the destruction of the World Trade Center necessitated a great deal of shuffling of antennas and transmitter rooms to accommodate the stations moving back uptown. Think about, I mean, yeah, you know, we saw towers fall, but there were also a lot of other things that went on. Yeah, that just to keep people on the air at that point. I'm pretty sure, though. I thought, uh, I don't know. I talked in some other places about AM stations uh, broadcasting out of New Jersey, but and I'm pretty sure the NBC broadcasts out of the top of Rockefeller Center now. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, this is another thing that's kind of like a sports athletic thing that goes on there. It's called the Empire State Building Run-Up. It's a foot race from ground level to the 86th floor observation deck that has been held annually since 1978. Its participants are referred to as runners and, and as climbers and are often uh, tower running enthusiasts. The race covers a vertical distance of 1,050 feet and takes uh, in 1,576 steps. The record time is 9 minutes and 33 seconds, achieved by Australian professional cyclist Paul Crake in 2003 at a climbing rate of 6,593 feet per hour. So, oof. 
I wow. read that and I was like, holy cow, you got to be kidding me. So yeah. they actually do this. Uh, popular culture. And I think you know, we have a little bit more after this. Popular culture, as we said, King Kong movie. Yep. You know, basically, you know, King Kong. I know you're going to say Sleepless in Seattle has got to be a Love there. Affair, which was also remade in 57 and as an affair to remember, which was also remade in 1994 as Love Affair. Uh, then in 1993, Sleepless in Seattle. Yep. Uh, and the end scene to that. There's some other movies, uh, Empire and some other stuff. Um, Independence Day. Most recently, one of the most recent ones was Knowing, which was a movie with um, Nicolas Cage. Yep. Had it being struck, basically. And but the most recent that I could find, and I thought this story was kind of neat. Anyway, it's uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the lightning thief. Yeah, yeah. I never saw the movie, but it was just out recently. And I'll just read you a little bit uh, about the literature. It falls into the literature side, but it also falls in as a movie. In the Percy Jackson book series, Mount Olympus is located over the Empire State Building, and there is a special elevator in the building to the 600th floor, which is supposed to be Olympus. Oh. I thought that was pretty cool. Huh. And H.G. Wells, also in 1933, in his science fiction book called The Shape of Things to Come, Written in the form of a history book publishing, published in the far future, includes the following passage. Up to quite recently, Lower New York has been the most old-fashioned city in the world, unique in its gloomy antiquity. The last of the ancient skyscrapers, the Empire State Building, is, now, is even now under demolition in CE 2106. Oh. So, anyway, that's what I've got on the Empire State Building. Okay, well, I was going to say some of those things now, especially if it's a recent one like Independence Day, it, while it was the shot, it was probably digitally figured out. Yeah. And it, they may not have really shot it there. And I think Sleepless in Seattle really was shot there. Yeah. I don't so think it was. So it was a love affair, but back then. Yeah. yeah. And 93. Well, plus, why and, wouldn't you just shoot it up there? Because, I mean, why would you pay for the effects? And I'm sure even in Independence Day. It's well, as simple as taking a shot. I don't know, just for the rising. I don't know, just for the fact that you're gonna destroy it. You can't really yeah. get some cranes up there yeah. to create some but of stuff that. like sleepless in Seattle. It's just oh yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So so anyway, okay. That's a lot of stuff real quick that's on the Empire State Building. The Empire State. So a little bit of my opinion, but uh, then a lot of stuff that just tells you cost, uh, tells you a lot of things. And if you're driving into New York City, don't. <laughs> don't drive seriously get close get into jersey park somewhere over there uh get on a bus whatever get yourself to the subway or train and ride in like that because it is outrageously expensive to park in the city yeah and it's to no avail you're yeah. gonna pay whatever you could pay a hundred dollars a day maybe sixty dollars a day if you park up on the upper west side mm -hmm. hundred dollars a day if you park down in manhattan and your car's just sitting and so then you still have to pay in to whatever tunnel that you're going in and out. Right. You got to pay each Toll direction. roads and so, stuff. Yeah. Mm. It's just, I mean, it's not worth it. So, anyway. Yeah. I just threw that in as a caveat. Well, yeah, it's something important to talk about when we hit these places. Just a reminder, because I actually forget myself when we spoke about the New York stuff, what to talk about. So, okay. Any other last closing thoughts before we enough. break? Yeah. That is enough. So. With those morbid thoughts of all those oh, people see, jumping you're off. you're still stuck on that. <laughs> all this fascinating stuff I say about the building, and I give one, like, macabre part, <laughs> in, which I found very strange. And, of course, now 
That's what Adam goes away thinking yeah, yeah. about. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Well, you asked at the beginning. You're like, yeah, I visit there, and you don't. So we have different opinions. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yep. No. Please listen to our podcast again. We promise not to. Oh, I, you know no, what? I, I gave know. the names. I know. And I gave I'm all just that. joking. Because some people, it truly is the history of the building. Yeah. And, it, of course, somebody might look it up and say, well, why didn't he talk about this? Yeah, and I know. So now Random. you know it. So. Yeah. All right. So we're going to break one little second here, and then we'll be back to close out the show. These Amazing Places Road Trip. Okay, Doug. All right. What now a great on to one. Talk about the future. Yeah, I, I you know I didn't we didn't talk about this before I turned the mics on. I guess I just wanted to say, hey, we're looking forward to a lot of different things coming up here as my phone rings. But uh um I just, you know, I didn't even count down. What are we, five weeks out five weeks before out. we're heading down to, down to Florida? And hopefully the weather is nice and all that good stuff. But anyway, we have a lot of things planned, and they include a lot of fall activities, including... Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Universal Studios. A uh, lot Mickey's of Halloween. not so scary. Mm-hmm, at Halloween. Halloween Bash at the uh, Disney World. And just some various other things. We just electrical, recently... What, Main Street Electrical Parade? Uh-huh. Which we just found out will still be there. Yes. So. And the fact that we just recently found out we're actually going to be at the boardwalk staying there for a couple of nights, and we're pretty excited about that. Not to mention the Food and Wine Festival in The Epcot. boardwalk, though. This is like the dream. Yes. One of the dreams Finally. of my life mm-hmm. here. So Finally, Doug gets to experience something out the back of Epcot where it's just like... Just to, uh, it's We're just right at the mirac- back gate. Are you it's, kidding me? I won't sleep at all. Yeah. I'll just sit and stare true. out the window. You could. Yeah. You know, the boardwalk's open pretty late. Yeah. So you could probably not you sleep. and Not sleep at all. <laughs> I, I, I could end up sleeping with my head again. Like, yeah. Can I see it one more time? Oh, you know, I'll go to bed and then I'll wake up and then I'll get one of those carts and just, you yeah. can sit you in the can back. Wheel and me I'll, around. I'll wheel you around the rest Dark of the day. Dark bags but, under my yeah. eyes. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, we we have been uh, updating our Twitter a little more often. We try not to overwhelm people, and while we use it to tell everybody the show's out at the same time, uh, we've been adding in little things here and there, and it could range from all kinds of different travel stuff. Um, I, we say this before too, but again, we can book trips for you if you want to go anywhere in the world. We can book trips for you. Obviously, you'll get a better deal with things that are like planned and packaged together, like a. Harry Potter Universal trip or and a... And remember with a travel agent, they keep track yes. of the discounts and stuff that are coming about. And honestly, as much as Adam and I follow all of this stuff, there are discounts and stuff that can slip by us. There are discounts that a travel agent knows that the public will never find out about. Mm-hmm. And they will apply those to your account. So when you go to book online, remember this. Disney will not do this. No. There are promotional codes that come Other out people after won't you either. your trip. You're mm-hmm. right. And... Disney and Disney's great. They're you know they do a lot of stuff for you online when you order and talk to them on the phone, but they will not keep up with prom- promotional codes. Yep. So if you pay five thousand dollars for a trip to Disney, and something else comes along that could have saved you money, the travel agent is going to apply that to your trip. Yep. And let you know about it in a phone call or a letter or whatever. Disney will not. Five thousand then is five thousand now when you mm-hmm. leave for the trip. So just remember that. Yep. So please contact us if you're interested. If you're not, that's fine, too. We still continue to do these podcasts because there is one reason why we do it. We love it. It's fun. We like it. 
there's not a reason why we're going to stop because it's just fun to be able to take this opportunity to just talk about stuff. Well, that movie really, I mean, I, I've been there, and I know Adam's been there, when you spend too much money on something. Just, I mean, even what I'm yeah. saying, I booked my last trip through Disney. I contacted them online. I did stuff, you know, called them on the telephone. And even as much as we've done, I didn't realize that, yeah, until I talked to Pam, uh, the travel agent, until I talked to some other travel agents, I didn't really realize, yeah, that they actually will keep up on promotional things uh -huh. and stuff like that. And so now uh, it gave me kind of, it opened my eyes to the fact of, you know what, online is great and doing all that stuff seems so simple, but. Uh, and I'll even jump into, let's jump into like Disney ADRs. I'm just, my mind's here we go, ADD is <laughs> kicking in. But I just want to yeah. get these things out there. Uh, just recently I heard somebody talk about, they tried and tried and tried to make an ADR for, uh, I don't know, Salier, let's say, uh, which is an Epcot. And they tried doing it online and they could never find an opening. So they decided, you know what, I'm just going to call uh, Disney themselves and talk to them. They called them, within like two minutes into the call, the lady had found a cancellation. Boom. They were in the Cellier. That would have never happened if they would have just stuck with the online mm -hmm. thing. So I just – and I remind myself of this as much as I'm reminding everybody who's on the other side of this microphone that there are times when it's great to just talk to the person on the other end of the line uh, to maybe hand stuff over to somebody else even when you think it might cost me more money. It doesn't, and it saves you in the end. Mm -hmm. So anyway. You kind of took that and ran with it, but my whole intention of saying that was – we can bring the travel to you on our podcast <laughs> for free. <laughs> well, okay. But at the same time, if you're interested in any of this stuff, the point of us is not we're trying to sell stuff. The point of it is, hey, we've been there. We understand what it's like. We're fortunate enough that we can actually save up some money and go on some trips like this. At the same time, we want these podcasts to give you experiences at your home and while you're mowing the yard, while you're doing whatever you want. Right. To just say, hey, here's some fun stuff. Maybe in five years when you have the money to go. Here's some information that might be helpful in planning, especially when it comes to things that take a little bit of time of planning. We definitely encourage that, especially in big, like the big theme parks. The stuff so we that, try to entertain you. And we would be glad to help you plan that. Yeah. Even if you don't book with us, I'm serious. I'd sit down and I'd say, hey. Well, that's why we do the show. Yeah, yeah. We're not exactly. making a dime. Mm -hmm. Everybody, seriously, I don't know if everybody thinks that, I, that Adam and maybe. I, our trips are being paid for. But we, we're not making a dime. Yeah. This is a losing venture. And believe me, my wife <laughs> says losing. to me all the time, what What are you doing? You, you're putting time and money and all this into this. And so at this point, I'm just saying, you know what? This is a labor of love. It's a hobby. Yeah. And I, I just so much want to hear that people say, you know what? Yeah, you saved me headaches. You saved me money. You made the trip much better than what it would have been. And that's that's what we're after. So. Yep. All right. On that note, I think it's time to close. We've spoken enough. But at the same time, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so hope you have a great week. We'll be coming back with a couple of different podcast subject matters here in the next few weeks. And then, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Hang on Twitter, and uh, we'll be around. Don't forget our Flickr. I've, I know I put those in earlier, yep. and I'm going to produce it, so it's like that. But at the same time, our Flickr has so much more stuff on there that we've ever had, and, and yeah, we're keeping remember, increasing. Remember, videos. Just added videos. Just for the from top. a lot of other stuff, but I just added videos. For uh, the Empire State. For the Empire and State yeah, yeah, so... All right. Well, everybody, have a great week. Okay. See ya. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by theseamazingplaces.com. Copyright 2010. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, everybody. No outtakes this week, but I just wanted to say that if you're interested in our itinerary or what we're doing on our trip or you're going to be down there or whatever, uh, just get a hold of us. You probably email is the best way, podcast at theseamazingplaces.com, or you could call the voicemail too. Uh, but anyway, just wanted to let you know that. And if you have any questions about any trips that you're going to take in, uh, like I said, we'd be glad to help you out. Even if you're not booking anything with us, we're here to help you. So you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for listening this far. You rock. See ya.